This is Talk is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of BC, brought to you by Sitka Come along as we bring conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Precision Optics. Thank you Sitka Gear and Precision Optics for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. <laughs> episode number 150 with the king. Um, you know, I think Shockey was 100 and fitting that we'd be rolling in with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, no other than uh, Omer himself for 150, brother. Welcome to the podcast. Listen to you. Glad to be here. It's been a while. It has been. So what's going on in uh, Omerville? What the hell's happening at uh, o- uh, Aroma Foods these days? Uh, just more of the same. Um, you know, just, just working our asses off trying to get stuff in time for hunting season. And uh, everybody's hunting season starts like next week. So it never ends. And that starts like really the week before sheep opener. Uh, but it's been good. It's been a relatively... I say that in quotation marks, uh, normal year for us, uh, no, uh, crazy highways, construction projects or no, you know, COVID lockdown stuff. And, uh, the fires obviously have touched a lot of people, but, um, you know, in our location, it's just been a lot of smoke and, uh, and no actual disruption, but yeah, actually it's kind of crazy that today's the 22nd anniversary of nine 11. Eh? It's hard to believe, actually. Eh? And the world is no less fucked up. In fact, even more so, I think. Oh, it's definitely more fucked up, for sure. So, <laughs> 22 years ago, we uh, we all remember it, right? What what? Where were you? Tell me what you figured the second you heard about it, What were you doing? I actually, the- maybe you shouldn't tell us that. <laughs> I, I, w- I was in the shower, and uh, my wife was banging on the door. And uh, so I didn't know what was going on. And um, she said, yeah, like two two planes have flown into the World Trade Center. So I was just like, what? And um, yeah, I mean, I can remember that vividly, like literally like it was yesterday. I can remember the freaking soap I was using and the shampoo and yeah, nuts. Typical accountant. Eh? He's got it all down to the shampoo and the soap. So. <laughs> I used exactly 53 milliliters of uh, Selsun Blue. And uh, yeah. Renz Meg, what about you? Where were you sitting on that day? I know you were like 16 at the time, but. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even that old. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I was only in grade eight in high school. Uh, yeah, we were just getting ready for school and turned on the TV and I was like, holy smokes, here we go what's going on. And then at school, everyone was just glued to the TVs wherever we could find them trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Sitting in the portable. It was, uh, quite the time to say the least burned into my head. I guess I would have been 13 years old, 14 years old. Yeah. That day just kind of hung in midair. Like it moved so slowly, like every moment led to the next led to the next, didn't matter what you were doing. Like everything was kind of on hold because it was like, you know, like how is this unfolding? What's going on? What's going to happen next? And, uh, you know, and then I remember one of my, one of my good friends, she was living in New York, um, like nowhere near that, but like, you're just immediately like, whoa, you know, how's she doing? And, you know, just, it just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild that time can fly that fast and that we learn absolutely nothing. 
and uh you know not to get political but we're gonna that you know the whole world focused on like us versus them this this enemy abroad and um and and really now uh whatever side of the spectrum you're on we're just working as hard as we can to make even worse enemies of people that live in our own borders so so 9-11 it was close to home for me so i that the day before three days before 9-11 i took off out of toronto going to sao paulo um brazil take off and um we flew literally directly over the world trade center i was looking at it i was like oh wow that's cool we're talking about it chatting about it and then um so I got home from that, woke up the next morning. I literally just had my kid, my first son, 22 years old today or now. And at the time, he was a newborn. And uh, it was like my wife called. She was in Winnipeg with at the in-laws. And she's like, did you see what's going on? And uh, I'm like, all I could think about is I brought a kid into this world. Like what What the heck is, what is in store for him? Yeah. And, and then my buddy was calling me. He's like, we're done. Our careers as an airline pilot is done. We're done. We're all getting laid off. It's over. It's all over. We're done. And um, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That's not really good. And I, I wasn't really thinking that far ahead. So 9-11 didn't hurt my career, but COVID sure did. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you talk about, yeah. you know, it took, it, it didn't take the 9-11 towers to bring down my career as an airline pilot, but COVID took it down and a few other things too. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty close to my home because it, uh, there was a lot of things going on for me at that time that was pretty poignant. Um, lots of buddies too with pictures of themselves at the World Trade Center the day before, like the the tenth of September, right? Like they've sent in pictures. Like I was there yesterday. It's like holy crap, scary. Well, I gotta say, COVID might have been bad for your airline pilot career, but it was good for Wall Street Society BC. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see about that. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, well, hey, so let's talk about, um, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to talk gear. But yeah. before we do that, uh, you know, we just, on Saturday night, we drew six rifles, five rifles, <clears throat> 54,000 prizes that we gave away. And this is a this is a precision optics you know, brainchild. Like you, you came to us and said, how can I help? And this is what I want to do. Like, where do. Where does this come from? Like it. Because this, by far, is our greatest fundraiser ever for net profit in terms of what we do. It's unbelievable that we can we can offer this and we can effectively fund probably a quarter of our mission programs this year because of this donation. So where does this come from and what's the inspiration for this, Homer? Um, I remember like when, you know, when it first hatched, it was just like, this would be pretty cool. Um, like Fierce Rifles were actually pretty new on the game. And, uh, you know, I was, a, I was a huge proponent of them. I believed in them. And then, um, things were different back then. You guys were primarily like a live auction sort of uh, cash engine. Like things were driven by the live auctions at the shows. If I'm correct me, if I'm wrong. And, yeah. uh, and, and, there, and there weren't a lot of, uh, online, there were no online auctions. If I remember correctly, I don't think you guys were set up with a gaming commission for, for that sort of thing. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and if I am wrong, fuck you, but I, it sounds better. <laughs> uh, so, but, um, yeah, I just, I remember that gun. It was, a it was a fierce CT edge with a, uh, Swarovski Z five, five to 25 on it. 
And um, I remember the photo shoot for that was like super impromptu. You guys needed some photography. So me and Mike are like, whatever. So we just moved a bunch of stuff off the floor. And, and uh, I remember I mopped the, um, we got like vinyl tile, uh, you know, wood grain vinyl tile. I mopped it very quickly. So it had some glisten and we laid it there and I took a few sort of Dutch angles on it and uh, we just processed it. And I, and I, cause I remember you were, we were struggling to find some artwork for it. And then I sent you that and your response was like, man, there's really something in a picture. And looking back on it, it was, it was a pretty cool picture. Like it, it just had the right angle, the right colors. Uh, I remember you had to fight for it because um, there was some concern that uh, an auction would take away from the live auction dollars, like that it would be competing. And, um, and that one went over okay. Uh, and then the next year we, we did it again. And then we just, kind of keep folding it over it's like it's kind of like the gillette method of like marketing you know like one blade fuck that we're doing three blades three <laughs> blades we're going the mock seven blade right like just keep adding guns and uh and make it bigger and better and but but i gotta tell you the um the best part of it is that um you know we fund a number of them but then some of our other partners uh it's just like what I like about it, it's, you know, we'll be talking about whatever. I'm like, yeah, and we've got that wild sheep thing next year. You're going to, you're going to donate a gun. Like, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like for sure. Right. And you just know that, um, you know, that, that enthusiasm comes from the fact that they just know that it's like a good place to put their marketing dollar and donation, right. Whether it's an optic or whether it's the gun itself, um, the support is, is, is so good. So, you know, I like that. The hardest part is figuring out like, what are they going to be mm. like, which caliber, which scope, which model, you know, like that's always kind of a challenging one because there's just so much cool stuff. And so, you know, going into this next year, um, we're going to have to really put our collective heads together and kind of figure out, you know, what people really, really want, because, you know, we've got to do that quite a ways out. And, uh, and time's always ticking. So yeah, it's, it's nice to see it grow the way it has. And, uh, I just, you know, always want it to be bigger and better and badder and get more people ensnared and, and sourced by these awesome guns. Well, I, like you just don't see a prize package like that, right? It's so cool. And, you know, you think about it, we do all these other hunt raffles, which is really important to servicing what we're doing in terms of conservation work. But in terms of net, like this is blows everything out of the park and it's unbelievable. And, you know, without the support of, and I know that you put a ton of skin in the game, like this is not like, oh, like, well, I'll put my name on it, but I'm going to get all these donations from everybody yeah. else. Um, you put a lot of skin in the game, but so do our industry partners, you know, Gunwork stepped up on that full donation on that climber. And it's uh, phenomenal to see the support that they're bringing to British Columbia. And it, I just can't. I cannot stress enough what this allows us to do in terms of our conservation work, because if we had to go out and source all that stuff, first of all, even try and get that stuff, let alone, you know, what you're going to pay for it. And then to be able to turn around and, and have this, everything, every ticket we sold was going back to conservation. And that's, that's a phenomenal. People like to support stuff like that too. They, they like the guns, the prize package, but then what it's yeah. doing for conservation, man, it's a big deal. Yeah, it speaks for itself. And then I got to stress that again, like, you know, Gunworks, you know, it's, it's a very, like, let's be honest, not everybody can own a Gunworks and very few people can, 
can afford it with a clean conscience because it's very indulgent and they're the very top of the uh, the price chain for a sporting rifle. Uh, and they know that they they know that a lot of people like aspire to their rifle, but that's sheep hunting. Okay, the odds of you going out and finding a successful ram are 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 percentage wise pretty low. Um, but you know it, it's amazing how like. You know, developing a relationship with those guys, and you've met Chris. Uh, he's like a fantastic dude, like just a really, really good dude. Um, and um, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, you know, you go through all these highs and lows when you sort of develop like these partnerships, like, you know, between us and then me with my industry vendor partners. And, you know, like you get, you get problems and things that don't work out and, you know, like blown lead times and delivery dates, you know, when that guy needs this and you don't get it in time or you get it and it's wrong or, or you fall through on something or, you know, you, you book so many guns and they come in the wrong order. And so you got to push back on some and take others at a different time. And, but then like, you know, you, you develop a partnership, you develop this sort of uh, liaison where it's not purely transactional in the moment. It's more over time and, uh, and Chris and Gunworks <clears throat> and, and fierce as well. Cause they're, they're just as strong, um, in my view, uh, and when it comes to this kind of support, um, but, but as far as like this particular, uh, raffle goes, um, you know, Gunworks has center stage and that's the sexiest part of it. And, um, and you couldn't ask for a better partner there. Um, you know, and, and the best part about it is then like other brands sort of see the success of it. So then they kind of want a piece of the game. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem to have some really sexy rifle setups for people to, to buy tickets for in the coming years. Um, and, uh, and from my perspective, I'm like, bring it on because, you know, you guys have a lot of fantastic projects that need that funding. And the more that we can support it directly, and by that I mean like basically bring it to the Wild Sheep Society as a, as a full donation, um, you know, that leverage matters. You know, like the, the sellout on the, on the raffle isn't as critical. Like obviously we want to sell out on every raffle. But, you know, when, when we get our partners to, to pony up and, um, it takes the pressure off you guys. And, and like you said, more of those dollars are going to direct use. Well, and when we set goals for this, we're thinking if we could do a buck 50 on something like that, you know, it's 52,000, 54,000 prizes and we're like, we're tripling it effectively. That's huge. And, uh, we ended up selling over 170,000 in tickets. So, you know, that, that, and it's three pieces, right? There's the society doing what we do. And then there's the vendors and the donors and the supporters and the industry support that we get from Precision Optics and all our partners there. And then there's our, the people that are buying those bloody tickets because you, you take one of those out and it all goes for shit, right? Like you can't have one without the other. Well, I was I was just going to say that the biggest thanks have to go to our membership yeah, and, and the absolutely. support that these rifles uh, and these raffles see, especially you know a year like this year. Okay, because you talk to anybody in the industry, not just the firearms industry, the sporting goods industry, like 
almost every consumer indexed industry. And this is the year of like sober realization on the part of many families whereby, you know, unfortunately they've perhaps they're, they're dealing with the fact that, um, one of the members in the household no longer is employed for various reasons or because of, you know, inflation, which is a very real thing. Um, you know, there's many factors that bite at that paycheck and, um, and give like less play money. And so for people to take their money and support these raffles and then, you know, indirectly these projects, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't be, I can't be more thankful. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a business owner and, you know, our life's blood is based on selling stuff to consumers, um, whoever they are, whatever it is that they do with it. But, um, you know, these raffles are a completely different thing because you're buying something for a chance at something. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can't, can't thank our membership enough. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well said, Omer, and, and thank you again. Just uh, We could sit here and talk all night about the incredible support that you bring to to the society and everything that you do day in and day out. You're always finding, and you're, the thing about it too is um, you make our, our life much easier because you're coming to us with, you know, there's, they talk about time, talent, and treasure, and you're, you're showing up with obviously treasure and with talent. You're like, well, what about this? Why can't we do this? I remember during COVID, you're like, why don't we do one of these raffles a month? Like that's 200, if we could do 20,000 in sales. And we're like, and I, I love your enthusiasm because, you know, we, we, we know we're a board of directors, right? And our directors, we have different levels of comfort and risk and and guys are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then other guys, are, and Omer's like, no, man, let's just drive that train right through the building. Let's do it. And uh, and we do it. And then we get a, 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 a raffle like this where we net $170,000. Phenomenal. So Yeah, amazing. that's pretty incredible actually. When you think about it, yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. Okay, we promised people we were going to talk politics. Oh wait, um, we're going to talk gear. Um, so, uh, you know, one thing I, I think I need a Gunworks uh, new bipod, buddy. I'm hearing so much about that. Tell me about it. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's definitely high on my list for fantastic pieces of kit this year. Uh, when I first learned about the prototype from Chris, uh, he, he told me about it and then he was awesome. And then he brought one of the prototypes to the sheep show in Kamloops. And, uh, you know, like sometimes it's just overwhelming for people. So a lot of people checked it out. Uh, like I was legitimately blown away by it. I mean, I have the luxury of being able to play with like most things that come out and use them and look at them from a few perspectives. And so, you know, the, the Revic Elevate bipod, um, really is clever in that it, you don't need multiple bipods. You don't need any additions to it. Um, and, and I'm not disparaging any of the other pieces of gear that I sell, but whether it's an Atlas or like, a, a Spartan precision, b- both of which, you know, I've sold many, many, many of, uh, th- those, all the other competitors to the, to the, the Revic bipod is that they, um, they have like a standard and a tall, like they have multiple models to accommodate different situations and, and not just a standard and a tall, they actually have multiple models to do different things. 
Okay. And then they'll have like leg extensions and, and all this other stuff. Whereas like Aaron, um, Aaron Davidson, he designed this thing and it literally does all of that in one package. Uh, you know, that the unit goes from like as low prone shooting position as you can to basically like a seated crouching position. And uh, it's got this like remarkable cam lock Picatinny rail attachment positioning system that allows it to move from um, rail to rail to rail between your guns without um, having to adjust the, the, the clamp jaw. And if you don't, I mean, that probably won't make a lot of sense to some people, but if you own like an Atlas, you'll know what I mean. You want to move your Atlas bipod with its LWC F17 LaRue quick detach uh, jaw from rail to rail to rail. You know, you got to like adjust it each time, which, you know, first world problem, but it's annoying. Whereas the Gunworks one, you don't. Um, like an overwhelming hit. I ordered a ton of them and uh, I only got, I got less than half of what I initially ordered and we sold out in like a couple of days. And and that was like removing some from the website so that we had a little cash in case we oversold. And, and, and that was like, ubiquitous for them so they they sold through everything they had in barely a week and so we're you know eagerly awaiting for um like a restock and i'm happy to say of all the ones that we sold only one of them came back as a quote-unquote warranty problem and that's because that motherfucker lost his temper on the mountain and broke it so and i know that for a fact Okay, so that um, no, like he, he had a bit of a situation with it, and uh, it broke. But they've they've held up really well. So fantastic piece of kit. Um, I think that uh, it's going to actually upset the apple cart in the bipod industry um, because um, of the way it functions. And uh, you know, not not people can go online and, and look at a YouTube video rather than me trying to like articulate how it works. But it literally accommodates almost every shooting position that you would want so uh definitely top of my list this year but i also got to mention their tripods the revic hunter and backpacker tripods i've played with a lot of tripods and um these things are legit when they first came out they were a little bit slow to sell but once they got out there and people like felt them or saw them or, you know, got to handle one or looked at the specs. Um, they've been moving at a steady pace ever since. And, and why is that? So without getting too into the weeds, there is a dividing line between a shooting tripod and a obs observational tripod. Um, some observational tripods are okay to shoot off of but not many and some shooting tripods are okay to observe off but not many um this one does both and the most remarkable thing is the price the price of them is like i would say half of a comparable equivalent tripod so you know definitely worth looking at if you're in the market for a tripod i'm uh i'm checking it out right now so it it's like four ninety five US. Does that include the the head as well, or is it just the tripod? Yeah, no, it comes with a ball head. Wow. Yeah, it it comes with a really um, 
a high load rating ball head, like that'll hold about 33 pounds. So it'll support any firearm, um, easily. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. It looks sweet. Okay. Well, I've got two new items for the Christmas list. So, uh, I just, I, I these podcasts cost me a shit ton of money. Oh yeah. I get off. I'm like, (laughs) okay, what else we got on the, uh, sweet list of gear for, uh, 2023? Um, well, I mean, for 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 me, speaking very personally, um, and like for like our business, the fierce rogue, the fierce rogue, um, absolutely dominated this year's rifle sales. Um, like in the U.S., it was huge. Here in Canada, um, you know, with less distribution. Like it doesn't go through distribution. It only goes like through independent sellers like myself. Um, it, it like, we, you know, we moved a ton of them and, uh, that's one thing, but performance wise, um, I haven't quite seen anything like them. Um, we've, we have dialed in, you know, I should, I shouldn't know this, but we, we've dialed in meaning like someone not, didn't just buy the rifle, but they bought a full rifle setup that went to the range and got shot this year, almost exclusively by Garrick, because I was out of commission for quite a while there. Um, we dialed in over a hundred. It's gotta be. And, um, the, just the groups that were coming back were like insane. Uh, so like when I, when I learned about the price point of this gun, so there was a, I had a conference call with John and, uh, John Mogo from fierce and Rob Dykeman, who's our Canadian, uh, sales agent for fierce and Rosini. And this was back in December of last year. And so I knew the rogue was coming. And so John's doing this presentation. He's like holding it up in front of the camera for, for us, you know, and I was like having a good look at it and I'm like, okay, yeah. All right. And then when he told me the price, I just like, the world stopped and I was just like, what in my head? But what I said out loud, I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> and like, he stops he's like, what's wrong, buddy? I'm like 2850. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? Like, what are you selling that for in the States? And he told me, I'm like, I was blown away. Cause I've, there's never been a gun with those features at that weight at that price point. So then I was like, okay, all right. Had kind of a Jaws moment where I was like, I need a bigger boat. I was like, I need a bigger warehouse, (laughs) right? And so, um, but then reality set in. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to see these till like October. What do I got to worry about? So I put in an order. So I sent the order in and both John and Rob were like, wow, that's, Okay, thank you. I was like, yeah, whatever, right? Well, shit. A bunch of those guns showed up before, you know, the convention in March. And I was like, how is this how is this possible? This is like microwave food. It's kind of like, you know, when you pull up to the drive-through, not that I go through the drive-through much, but you pull up to the drive-through at like 11:30 at night. And you're like, yeah, I'll get uh, onion rings and uh, a double, you know, mama burger and some chubby chicken strips. And so you pull up, they take your money and like one minute later, they hand you the food and you're like, oh shit, how long was that sitting under the heat lamp? 
Like how long was that ready? So they cranked them out at a remarkable pace. And then, um, so we get them. And so Garrick, who is like just the perpetual pessimist, right? Like, Hey Garrick, it's sunny outside. He's like, yeah, but it'll be night soon. Like (laughs) he's kind of like that. And so he's like, Oh yeah, great. We'll see how these shoot. And like the first batch went out and the targets don't lie. And I was like, these shoot better than almost anything we've seen. And and these have a like an advertised three quarter MOA guarantee instead of like the half with the other guns. And I've covered all this in a couple of podcasts as to why they did that. Um, but they typically shoot half MOA or better. And and some have gone out with like insane targets. So, you know, the 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 value out of it for what you're getting is remarkable. Um, and then when you couple it with something like a, a Zeiss Conquest V4 scope, like the value, the ratio of like value to performance is like completely unprecedented and unbeatable. So, you know, just to do quick math, 2850 for a carbon rogue, you get a Zeiss Conquest V4, four to 16 by 44, just get the, like the, um, the plex reticle with the exposed uh, elevation turret that scopes normally 1499. Well, some genius at Zeiss and Gentech was like, Oh yeah, our scopes are selling awesome. Let's knock $200 off for two fucking months. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. So, you know, 1299 for a scope that's already 1499 an incredible deal compared to everything else. So, you know, 2850 plus 1299 plus, you know, like, under 70 bucks for some rings like you're just over four grand for something that like and that and i can tell you that that combination is always going to be under even with a 24 inch barrel is going to be sub eight pounds they're usually going out the door like you know 20 22 inch barrels in like a seven mil or a 30 cal they're like seven and a half pounds or just over like Mm -hmm. we would have paid eight plus thousand dollars for that three or four years ago you know, so what I like about it is it puts this incredible system in people's hands that they literally dream about. And my two brothers uh, come out heavy podcast, Dev and Kurt, like, you know, we, him and like, we've had casts on this and like those two guys typify what I like to call like the hard hunting, hard working family people, young guys that have like growing families who can't like throw down endless amounts of money. They got, they got so many other things that they got to put their money into, but both of them were able to get into these systems this year. And they're just like, like over the moon with them. And like Devin, I mean, you know, kind of lined it up perfectly. Cause that guy, he goes out, gets his third stone sheep this year. Like cold bore hits it at 600 yards with his, with his, uh, fierce rogue. And then like this morning I get a picture of him standing over a seven point bull elk. Right. And that is 100% because he bought a fierce rogue. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it, it, it's pretty incredible when you see like the gear come together like that. And then the guy puts it like to the test. And so there's a whole bunch of them out there this year. And so it'll be nice to 
to catch up with most of the people afterwards. Um, you know, nothing's problem free. And so when you have a product like this that comes out as quickly, there are little hiccups, but I'm happy to say that, um, you know, when you buy it from us, um, you get the full support of fierce, but we make it that much easier because we have an amazing gunsmith who is, you know, very well-versed in dealing with any of these products, but in particular the fierce. And so, you know, we've had guys that had little issues and, you know, we get them turned around right away and they're back out in the field with them. So, um, you know, that, that rifle is honestly having handled these things for years now at the, I would consider the highest level, um, you know, Gunworks, Snowy Mountain, like, like premium, premium brands, like they're really putting a hell of a lot into their product at a, at a price that is more than affordable when you're in that subset of, of firearm. Yeah, it's awesome, and I'll attest to that on your field support, man. It's incredible. Any issues I've ever had, it's like you're all over it and working ways uh, to make things happen for supporting any any of the products that you put out there. So, um, what's the go-to caliber? What's what's everyone using? What's the most popular caliber right now? Seven Som, you're pushing for a while. What's what's the big thing? Well, I I still hold that the Seven Som is the the best seven mil um hands down uh and i i'm not gonna bore people with that i mean you can debate that all you want um but you're wrong but um the uh the, the seven prc uh just dominated this year um which was not a surprise but i will say this like john got me so our first order was two pallets of these fucking rifles okay when you get two pallets of rifles show up on your doorstep, it's like awesome. You're like, wow. But at the same time, you're like, like, I hope we don't have a fucking problem here. Right. Because I've seen products like it and, you know, they've had some releases that were not, did not fly like the Wright brothers. Okay. Um, so I was like, holy Jesus, like these things better produce and they did. And we blew through. So f- more than 50% of that first order was seven PRCs. Like, you know, John, John's my brother. He's like, he's a great guy. Um, he is probably one of the most successful business people that, um, I have the pleasure of knowing, I would say fairly intimately. Um, and, uh, you know, when he says he's going to, when he really gets behind something, says he's going to do it, he does it. So he delivered all these seven PRCs to me. Well, fortunately, one of my other business partners was able to deliver quite a bit of seven PRC 180 grain match. So not ideal in most people's minds, but, you know, when you get the guy that called up, he's like, so I see you got some seven PRC rifles on your website. You're like, yeah, I do. Oh, really? I see. So if I was to buy one of those rifles, you're going to be able to sell me some ammo. And you're like, yeah, I will big pause. And they're just all of a sudden realizing like, fuck, I guess I got to buy now. Don't I, or I'll look like an idiot. (laughs) So, so that was a nice thing. We were able to actually, like when we had rifles, we had some ammo and we were able, we had to ration it, but we were able to move them. And the only reason I sold didn't sell like maximize was because I didn't get all the calibers at the, you know, I didn't have 
everything all the time. I didn't have all the different calibers of the rogue or the barrel lengths, uh, when I kind of wanted to, um, but seven PRC pretty much dominated, um, in every offering, you know, whether it was a Mossberg, I like, you know, around $700 all the way to a Gunworks. Like people were all over it. Even the people that last year were like, I don't give a fuck about that caliber. I don't need that. I already got this. I already got a 28 Nosler. I've been down that road. I got a seven mag. I had a, when are you getting one? What color is it going to be? Like, that's what it turned into. So, yeah, I literally have customers that have SOM, seven rem mag, 28 Nosler, seven PRC. Like, just got to try every flavor of the rainbow, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then the 6.5 and 300 probably make up for the the balance. Those two are still incredibly dominant. Uh, and then everything else kind of seeps in there, you know, 300 wind mag, seven rim mag for, you know, for, for grandpa. I mean, those, what do you those, have? Sorry. <laughs> what, what do you have for ammo? What could, do you have everything pretty much? Or is there still a shortage of some of the stuff? Uh, it's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, we, uh, we got, we received a lot of, uh, 300 wisdom which for there was a you know basically absence for over three years nobody had 300 short mag ammo it was awful people were selling their guns you know kind of mopey about it like what do you do right uh we're not getting every offering but you know we we have right now i think three different chamberings uh of 300 short mag um six five and 300 prc are readily available and other calibers are, are opening up with a few exceptions, like 270 short mags still, and then 410 ammo is still like a total holocaust. In fact, so some has come available with one of my distributors, and initially I was like, oh, wow, 410 ammo, and then I like zoned in on it. I was like, that can't be right. So I actually like sent a link to my rep, and I was like, is that right? Is that a box of 20 or something? And he's like, no, that's a box of five. So you can have 410 ammo right now for 50 bucks for a pack of five. Wow. Yeah. Rape. Total rape. Wow. That's insane. Um, so optics, um, what are we looking at for, uh, I think the big thing you were going, there was a ton of Leica stuff on there. It was pretty affordable for their range yeah. finding stuff. Yeah, there's actually two, uh, if we're going to talk optics, there's two things that uh, really come to my mind. Um, for us, like the runaway hit was like an old product, but new, like they reintroduced it for this year. And that's the Leica Geovid R. And uh, for people that, even for people that are Leica fans, are like, which one's that? How many rangefinder binders do they have? The R? The HDR, the HDB, the dot com, the like, what is it, right? Well, the Geovid R is a reintroduction of their basic, like their most basic rangefinder, binocular. But what they did was they improved the glass, so the glass is on par with a like a Trinivid HD, which is to say it's phenomenal glass, the best glass under two thousand dollars. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll argue that with anybody. Um, they put a stronger rangefinder in it. So it has a 2000 yard straight line, like line of sight rangefinder. 
uh, and it and it does equivalent horizontal range to 1,200 yards. So for people that are using a yardage turret, that's all you need. Line of sight, right? And then your yardage turret. So if you're using like a yardage turret and like a Kestrel for wind, it'll give you both values that you need. Uh, and then they put it in a lighter, more streamlined chassis. So it's not quite as... It's not something that great, great grandpa held when he was standing and looking out of a Panzer tank, like it's more streamlined. And then they lowered the price. Like they used to be like $22.99. They're $18.89. So kind of a funny story, little, little like industry funny story about that. So I did my booking on those Giovitars back in January uh, after SHOT Show. And anybody that understands bookings, like you have booking dates and then you put how many you want, right? So you say like, okay, April, I want 10. And then May, I want 10 and so on, right? So it was April and all of a sudden all these big boxes start showing up. And I was just like, and I just know the sort of the tape color that different companies use. And I'm like, that's a whole lot of Leica showing up. I'm like, and there was another show going on. So anyway, we open it up and it was like all, so somebody messed up. So it was all the, all the Leica binos that I had booked over four dates times two. <laughs> so someone really screwed up. Okay. And, um, I'm like, Holy, holy shit. Like, so with one of those, you know, say like costing me like 1600 bucks, there's like instantly $180,000 sitting there <laughs> that I got to pay back. Like they, they give you terms, right? So I got a hold of my rep and uh, I'm like, I'm not going to name him. Just, I don't know that he'd appreciate that or not, but, uh, he's a f amazing guy. I'm like, Hey, uh, I leave him a voicemail. I'm like, Hey, uh, uh, could you call me back? Like there's a serious mix up with my order. So <laughs> he didn't quite get it at first. He called me, he was at a show. He's like, Oh, so you don't want all those at the same time. I'm like, no man. Like there's like, you got to look at how many showed up here. So then he like later that day, he's like, I just talked to the sales manager. I'm so sorry. Like, Holy crap. I don't know how that happened. Right. So I said, okay, well, pretty aggressive. I mean, shipping them back, we can do that. But like, you know, just give me an extra month. So they talked about it and they're like, okay, that's pretty reasonable. We sold them all before <laughs> they were due because it caught fire, right? Like people know a good deal when they see it. And, you know, 1889 for like almost two grand for a set of binos. Like, you don't just throw that around. But what was happening was, we, you know, we put them up there, it kind of got out. People would, someone would get a hold of one. Then their friends would look through it and like, oh, wow, how much are those? And they'd be like 1889. And they quickly go out in the marketplace and be like, wait a minute. Like the next closest thing with that level of glass is over $4,000, which is true. And so then it was like the brother or the dad or the uncle or whatever. So like one sale would turn to like four. So they moved very quick and they continue to move like, you know, I, I keep under ordering cause I'm like, okay, we must have sold like, that's gotta be it. But no, like it, I get, like the rogue, that product 
puts incredible value and functionality in someone's hands. And I, I really like that. Like, you know, you'd think that me being a business owner, I want to fucking take that last dollar I can. That's actually completely the opposite of how I, I think. And that's sincere. If I can sell you something that gives you great functionality and you're going to be happy with and leaves a lot of money in your wallet to either buy something else or just at least remember that I talked you down from like the $4,400 binocular into something that'll actually do what you want. Um, I like that. That's how I want to be treated. So, you know, products like that, like I really get behind and, you know, it's just, sometimes you're just blessed. You're just lucky. You know, I was just lucky that someone made that weird mistake and that Leica is such a good partner that they're like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, hopefully you move them all in that time, you know? And even if we didn't, they would be like, okay, like, you know, they would work with us, but it, it worked out really cool. That's awesome. What, what do you think that's going to do to the industry when you get two products and we see this on two different levels, two different um, categories? You got the firearms category and, and what Fierce has done there, and they've delivered this, you know, sub $3,000 product and maintained the quality level. And we've seen it now with Leica. So obviously their competitors are looking at that going, wow, like those, you know, that that's going to be a red flag for them. Are they going to look at, you know, their R&D look at products like that or is it Gunworks just like, no, that's not who we market to. We, we market to the five to $10,000 customer. Not, we're not worried about somebody that's sub three. Well, both, both. Some companies don't care. Like they don't care. They're like, this is what we do. This is what it's worth. We can't do it less than that. And others do look internally and they're like, okay, how do we get a piece of that pie? That's exactly what John did. So John's entry level rifle before was just about 4,000 bucks. And, uh, I don't want to say I had too much to do with it, but, but I, I definitely put the bug in his ear, uh, beginning of last year because there was a competitor rifle that I got and sold. And I was like, you got to look at this. And, um, you know, and he had other people talking in his ear, but I mean, him and I do talk quite a bit and he, he trusts my acumen when it comes to like what works with his product up here anyway. And so they took it, they tore it apart and like, we're like, how do we beat this on every level? And that's what they did with the rogue. Now other companies, so other companies trying to compete with the G of it are, well, there's a very finite number that can because the glass. Okay. It's make-believe to think that anybody that's not Zeiss, Swarrow, or Leica can put out glass like that. Um, they can compete with it a bit. Like if the glass comes out of Japan, like the, as an example, the Gunworks Revic binoculars, their glass is like shockingly good. It's on the level with Nightforce product, but you know that's, that's rare for like a non-Euro product. Um, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough for these companies in some instances to, to replicate this, right? The bigger they are, the harder that is, ironically, because there's so many checks and balances and things that they got to consider and people whose fingers and ideas come into the play, you know, like, well, if we offer this, it's going to take away from that. And we're going to sell that product at this price point instead of this product at this pr price point, right? Definitely. It shakes things up. 
100% the Rogue is going to cause a little bit of a shakeup in the industry. There's no two ways about that. It already has. The Javidar, um, I just think that Leica is so dominant in that rangefinder segment. Like, don't get me wrong, Zeiss and Swarrow make beautiful products. But um, actually, if you delve into it, Leica produces some of the best rangefinder products on the market because of their partnership with Applied Ballistics and the fact that their ballistic comp city rangefinders are Kestrel compatible, which none of their competitors are other than SIG, who's, but whose glass is terrible. So, um, yeah, in that instance, and just like, you know, I think part of the delay on the Gunworks bipod was because like Aaron knew that he had like, he had fire in his hands there and uh, he wanted to make sure it was patented and protected. Right. So, yeah, I mean, but it's good. Right. Just like when you're sheep hunting, if it's just you and, you know, your buddy and you're just kind of strolling along and all of a sudden you see another tent, you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> what the hell is this? You're fucking up earlier. Like you're, you know, you're going to beat those guys. Right. So it's, it's no different. Competition's good. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So the rogue, do you have lots of those in stock still or where are you sitting? Yeah, with, we got oodles. Yeah. I think. I I don't think they're all in there, but I'm I'm gonna say we have I we've gotta have about sixty or seventy in stock. We have lots of three hundred, lots of six five, and lots of seven PRCs. Um bit heavy in that category. We are getting in like other calibers, like we got uh two eighty, two seventy win, thirty odd six, three oh eight, six five creed. Uh we got their new mini version. So it's like a youth um can we say women model? Are we allowed to say that? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a model for shorter statured persons. It's got an adjustable comb. Uh, it comes in like a standard color or like a very sexy purple. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot of them. Seven psalms. So no seven psalms in the rogue yet. Um, John and I had talked about that. Um, so we'll probably see those next year because I'm still a huge advocate of the Seven Psalm. We do have them in the Rival and the Rage, though. Um, yeah, and then hopefully they come out with a left-hand product next year. Um, you know, we love lefties. I, I bring in left a lot of lefties whenever I can. So hopefully next year. Cool. All right, what else we got? What other gear is uh, go-to these these days? Mm couple of other things that I really like uh, that really stood out for me was um, the Stone Glacier term Terminus packs. So uh, I'm a big, big fan of Stone Glacier for a lot of good reasons. Um, some of them personal, some of them more objective, but um, the Terminus initially, I, again, I was a bit skeptical of it. It's an internal frame pack. So that means it is a non-detachable bag. That means that it's baked in the cake. What it is is what it is. But what I like about it is that uh, within a certain subset of hunting, uh, it's it's remarkable. They make a 7,000 cubic inch and an 8,700 cubic inch. They're incredibly light. Like we're talking barely three pounds. Um, they're made out of uh, X-Pack Gen 2 material, which means the whole bag is inherently waterproof. And uh, they have like an internal meat shelf. So it's got a sleeve that is uh, stitched to the frame so you can slide your meat in there. Um, so if you're doing like a, like a very focused alpine hunt, for, for example, like a, like a goat hunt, 
uh, where you're going to be out for three, four days or where it's just an up and down and you want to really minimize your weight if, uh, your weight, if you're like, if it's a very severe climb and you want to pull everything out in one go, um, I would say that, um, they've exceeded my expectations such that, uh, you know, one of my friends who's like a really hard hunting, probably one of the most elite guides out there. That's Johnny Nykirk. He, um, he always looks at everything that comes in and he can get anything he wants. Right. So he actually bought one. He bought a 7,000 last year and then, um, went with an 8,700 this year. And since then he's bought a couple more because like he's been on hunts doing these like elite, you know, amazing high value stone hunts and his clients are like, wow, what's that pack? Right. Well, I'll give you this one if you want. Oh shit. I'll buy it. You know what I mean? And then like guides that he works with or his guides, like he's been getting them for him. So that is the easily the best endorsement that I can give. Um, because, uh, he's probably going to get mad that I even actually said this because he's actually sponsored by (laughs) Kuyu. Um, but, um, (laughs) So how about that? Anyway, uh, really, really like those packs and, uh, we're going to put them to the test ourselves, uh, this October as I limp my ass up the mountain with my son and, uh, Ben Matthew, your new board member and, uh, and Garrick, um, as we go and try and, uh, extract a goat from the icy reaches of Stuart, um, my home away from home. So we'll see how that does. Um, Another piece of gear that, um, again, this one's not really new, but because of the clusterfuck that has been Kafaru's move, um, it's kind of new to us. And uh, after 18 months, we finally got uh, a, a huge order of their Lost Parka Parkas. And I'm not stuttering. They call them the Lost Parka and then Parka. <laughs> So the Lost Parka Parka and Lost Parka Pants, uh, if you're looking for insulated gear, like give those a hard look. doesn't matter what you buy in that segment. It's going to be pricey. Um, so, you know, if you go down, I love down personally, but I'll tell you like the Lost Parka stuff uh, is made for like serious use. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are actually using this gear, they're not, not recreational users. They're professional users, meaning they are like either you know, U S military or like, uh, private military or contractors. And what they want is a synthetic that can get soaking wet, ring out easily, keep you warm. Uh, and what I really like about them is that in the wear spots, like, so we all have down pants and down jackets, right? Like we've got like insulated stuff and then you're always worried about it because that material that they, they make down of is like very, like it, it, it gets caught on things and it pills up or it tears or, um, this stuff is made tough. It's got a DWR, uh, expression on the exterior, but it has Cordura patches on like the knees and the seat, the belly and the elbows. So you can wear it when you're doing regular shit, stay warm and not worry that it's going to get damaged. Um, yeah. And then, uh, something else that really surprised me. You know, I get it wrong all the time and I really got it wrong about this. But so when this product kind of came out, my rep, like a few days out, he's like, oh man, you're going to want to order a hundred of these. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, we got something new coming out and it's crazy. And I'm just like, okay, the hype machine, you know, like, what is it? And then when I found out about it, I was just completely over underwhelmed. I'm like, what? Like big fucking deal. 
like whoopty fucking do. Like literally what I was saying, right? I was showing Garrick and I was like, look at this fucking thing. Like who cares? Not me, right? So I ordered some and then I got it and then we took it out and Garrick's like, that thing's pretty fucking sweet, man. And I was just like, hmm. And that's because I was thinking about it from a very, very secular point of view. Like I always think of everything from a mountain hunter perspective. I'm very centric that way. And so this is like the Swarovski STC or ATC, like their little, their mini spotter. I just, it's a 17 to 40 power. So I was just, you know, I was really like, well, I don't know if that's enough power. You know, I think that like, you know, I've got some strong views on that, but that was completely wrong. Um, the optics are amazing. It's like barely two pounds. It's under 10 inches long. So it's ultra compact. It has a 56 objective. Like you forget that it actually has a 56 objective, which not to get too nerdy, gives you an amazing exit pupil at that zoom range. So like in many, many hunting situations, like it's amazing. You can have that thing out and using it before a conventional full-size spotting scope and, and actually for an Alpine hunter. Um, so I had guys that they wanted it, wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. And I'm like, look, man, you already have such and such. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's enough to resolve, like count sheep horn at that distance. And they're like, I want it anyway. So they got it and they like totally proved me wrong. They're like, just so you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, I believe you. Right. So, so that is a, a sweet, not a cheap piece of gear by any stretch, but an amazing, an amazing little, uh, spotter that actually for, I, I gotta say for like seasoned sheep hunters, like veterans, um, very usable, like absolutely will do what you need to do. And if you're looking at count ounces, like there's really nothing that offers what that one does. So a seasoned guide is going to use that and he's going to be able to get the count rings and everything at three, 400 yards. No problem with that thing. Uh, some of that, some of that actually knows how to count for sure. Yeah. But I would say that it's more going to show you like, y you know what I mean? Like we're going to talk about a incredible sheep, but, uh, you know, when you, when you look at a mature Ram, right. Is sometimes you don't need to count the rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Or, or at distance, right. It, it bears that weight at like the seven o'clock, like talking, you know, like the curve of the horn at like the seven o'clock part of the clock. Like you're like, that's, we got to get closer. Mm -hmm. right yeah. and um yeah so more than adequate cool what else I, do i have to spend my money on jesus you're well, costing nothing. me a lot tonight buddy no nothing uh so talking about cool things this year um i'm like the luckiest unlucky guy that i know because i work way too much and uh you know this year i had a whoopsie daisy so it completely fucked up my sheep hunt um, but that means that I was present in the office throughout the opener where normally I'm gone. And so I got to see more, more faces on the way up. And, uh, and you know, the crazy thing is like, for me, it's not just selling gear, you know, it's like, 
I was just telling some guy today that I just met randomly and he's just turned out to be like such an amazing, cool person. And, uh, he stopped in to pick up his gun and stuff. And we ended up talking for like over two hours. And, um, I'm just so lucky that I get to play with this gear and, and just meet all these amazing people. And, and some, you know, I get to talk to them before and after their sheep hunts and sometimes during which is usually really fucking stressful because that means stuff's going wrong. We're trying to program a rangefinder long distance, which is like picking the fucking balls off a mosquito with boxing gloves and blindfolds on. And like, so I get all these cool stories and, and, and I definitely got some cool stories this year, but like the coolest story for me this year is these two guys that have been hunting together for a long time it makes me emotional um, because it really, you know, sheep hunting is, it's more than just hunting for a lot of us. It's like, it's our church. It's, it's how you de-stress. It's like how you set your calendar. It's how you set your mind right. And uh, so these two guys went on a hunt and uh, they've been hunting together for quite a while. They've, uh, they've killed, they've killed quite a few sheep together and, um, and they happened upon like a super rare ram, one that you don't ever see. And, um, and one of them gave it to his friend and that was you, Kyle. You gave that ram, you know, whatever the impetus was but you know I, I don't know many people that would pass on a ram like that and uh and, and you gave that to mike and uh he'll remember that to his last breath and um i just think that that really summarizes what it's all about there's the gear quest there's the you know the pure achievement like i want to get a sheep there's the figuring out the trade craft, you know, like becoming good at putting your kit together and, you know, building up your cardio and, and all that and, you know, learning how to shoot. There's the, some people are drawn to the, just the agony of it, you know, like the, the gruelingness of it, um, navigating that terrain, you know, standing on the edge of that bluff, getting that photo of yourself, you know, and then there's like the camaraderie of it. And so like when I saw those pictures come in and then learned about the Ram and I talked to Mike a bit, it's pretty crazy. So good on you, man. Holy shit. I thought this is a hell of a story. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> wow. That's uh that's crazy. Okay. Well, appreciate that, dude. I, I'm just so stoked for Mike, right? He's such a, like, he's the guy that he's, he's my mentor. He got me into this and it's, uh, yeah, it's just so awesome to be part of this fraternity, and I, he gets full credit for all of it. I, I didn't know anything about sheep or the sheep society when I came out here, so yeah, it's pretty epic. That's yeah. What do you say to that shit? Well, you were, I've told your little story there and showed that ram to people, and I was like, you know, like, you know, guys that are kind of just getting into it. I'm like, that that ram's 13 years old, and, and like, it's perfect. And like, what would you do? I'm like, well, we'd be flipping for it. And I'd be like, well, that's not how that went down. And, you know, 
I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you tripped and hit your gun. Maybe you missed. I mean, who knows what the true story is, but <laughs> it's a beautiful thing the way it is. So, uh, I mean, you guys have been hunting together for a long time. How many sheep do you guys have between yourselves now? I think six. Yeah. 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 It's pretty remarkable. So, I mean, you were the Samwise to his Frodo, right? <laughs> <laughs> or the Chewbacca to his hand solo. Or maybe it's like the Juliet to his Romeo. I don't know, but it's it's pretty awesome. So that, yeah, that's one of those. That's like the that's my favorite story for this year. Super cool, man. Well, that's yeah, I appreciate that. That's I was getting all choked up. I'm like, tell me who these guys are. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, and it it like you know like it 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 does that to me. Like uh, you know, I, guys come and stop in, and they're just so pumped, you know, or they're so like emotional highs and lows uh on their hunts and like you know you you just embrace that and that's what it's all about you know i mean yeah, yeah. super cool uh hey we've taken a whole hour i told you we'd be an hour and and i know we got like another three hours worth to talk about so we have to do this again but before we let you go what pack are you running on your hunt on your goat hunt and what's uh jackson running what are you guys gonna wear so he's probably gonna rock the 7900 or the the terminus 7000 yeah. And um I'll I'll probably try the Terminus 8700. Okay. Um Ben hasn't decided he's going to try some Terminus. And and no slight to our Kaferu packs, like fucking love those things, but um you know, we just want to be as ag- I mean me personally, I need to be as light as I can humanly be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to take the weight off my knee. Um but I, I you know, hopefully we put him to the test and stuff him full. But uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. So I know Selden ran the seven, and then he realized it wasn't big enough, so he took the eighty-seven. But then he panicked at the last second because he hadn't worn it enough. He, so he ended up running this Kafaru, I think, yeah. on his sheep hunt. So, yeah. but he's he sold on the eighty-seven. He just hadn't spent enough time with it. I think is the issue with that, right? Yeah, the seven thousand man. Like you got to be super disciplined to be able to make something of that volume work on a let's say a seven to 10 day uh, I know a few guys that can, but like not many can. Um, mm-hmm. 8,700 is actually huge in the, in the pack space. Um, you know, you need around that 8,000 mark. What the Kaferu gives you is they're just so freaking solid. Like they're just unbreakable. Right. Mm-hmm. But that comes at, you know, a little bit of an expense weight wise. Right. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem with Kaferu is they make so many sexy accessories. You're just like, oh, yeah, I need that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And then next thing you know, you're like the traveling Wilburys with like, you know, you got like a Sherman pocket with a large pocket with a small pocket on that. Right. And then, you, you know, you're walking around with like an eight or nine pound pack before you put anything in it. So, yeah. And Mike just wants excuses to buy more shit anyway. Right. So. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it with my Kafaru. I went out and bought all the, I got all these accessory packs and I'm like, I took three of them with me on my hunt. And then I'm like, I left one in the tent and then I gave Mike one and I just, yeah, I'm like, why do I have these? This is ridiculous. This is stupid. Right. So it's so good. Their accessories are so freaking cool, man. They are nice. And everything they make is, is beautiful and it's all like made in the USA. Right. So that, that matters to some people. Um, Sure matters to me anyway, but I mean, it's nice to have like, well, am I going to take the Kaferu or am I going to take the Stone Glacier? Like these are, these are good problems to have. Yeah. And I think I'm going to end up going to the 8700 as well. I was running the yeah. sky, sky, uh, 
not the Telus, but the Sky Guide. Sky Guide seven and nine hundred. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I think um, it was all right, uh, but I I think I want to switch up to eighty seven hundred. I'm pretty keen on that. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. See how the season goes. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, so when are you leaving? October what? Uh, we're gonna leave on October nineteenth. Okay. Well, that's late. Oh yeah. You like those furry well, ones? I, yeah. Or? Well, normally, always. Uh, normally, I like to. Uh, <laughs> normally, uh, I'm hunting uh, goats. You know, like end of October, uh, in that last two week period, because uh, I like to struggle. Um, or like you know January, February, and the uh, the closed uh, opening up uh, the creek from hell. But um, they just hair up good, and you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, I love it there. That's my favorite place to go. There's a lot of easier play, places to get goats, um, but uh, you know, every, we we all have our place that we like to go. And like I said, Stewart's kind of my home away from home. So uh, and that first week of November is the rut there, basically, right? They're rutting that first, like very end of October, early November. Yeah, traditionally it is. Um, I mean, I'll tell you that there's been less and less snow at that period, which is a good, bad thing. Like they're up high. Um, we've had, uh, you know, my buddy, Jeff, luckiest guy on the planet. I took him there and like this giant Billy came right down to sniff a, sniff a nanny. And he came from up on high, like right down at the base. So we smashed him in a perfect spot. I've never had to go that easy there. I mean, you're like climbing to get within six, 700 yards to shoot him and then go get him. Um, but you know, not to get into like climate change or whatever, but, but it's shifted a bit. Um, so yeah, like what normally would be the rut, um, is kind of pre-rut. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Awesome, man. Well, we've taken a bunch of your time. Thanks, uh, again, Omer for taking the time to talk to us tonight. And it's always actually these podcasts, I don't really care about the content. It's just fun to bullshit with you. Like, and this is the great excuse to do Oh, yeah, we don't do it enough. I mean, I haven't haven't had time to do any. And normally I like to, I don't like doing just jibber-jabber ones. Yeah. Uh, I like to have stuff that's like informationally dense and that takes preparation. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, as long as people find it fun and somewhat useful, then yeah, it's good. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll we'll chat soon, hopefully, and good luck in your goat hunt. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, Thanks. Cheers.